Welcome to Life Center Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and our church, visit lifecenternyc.com. I'm a little speechless. His presence does that to me. <laughs> Isn't it nice to be in awe of God? You walk in one way, you don't know how you're leaving. (laughs) God is good. Let's say that again. God is good. All the time. Amen. Oh. Well, the King of Glory is here. I said the King of Glory is in the house. The King of Glory is in the house. Oh. He manifests himself through each one of us. And when we receive the love of the Father, we're receiving God's glory. Psalm 24. We're going to read the amplified version today because I need to amplify who he is and who we are in Christ Jesus. The earth is the Lord's. And the fullness of it, the world and those who dwell in it. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the streams and the rivers. Who may ascend unto the mountain of the Lord. Who may stand in his holy place. He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Who has not lifted up his soul to what is false nor has sworn oaths deceitfully. He shall. Why don't we say that together instead of he? We shall receive a blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of those who diligently seek him and require him as their greatest need, who seek your face even as did Jacob. Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates, and lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is he then, this King of glory? The Lord of hosts, who rules over all creation with his heavenly armies. Father, I ask that you would just anoint me to deliver your heart with this word. God, I ask that revelation would come into everyone's mind and heart today as they receive your love, your word made manifest. God is love. I said, God is love. And the Father loved you so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Woo. So 
Back in um, 2006, in July, before we started this ministry, we were praying and fasting and God was directing us and we're going to be celebrating our 17th year this Rosh Hashanah when we crossed the Brooklyn Bridge and we came into Manhattan with fear and trepidation. But we knew that we knew that God called us to bring the presence of God into the city of Manhattan. We started off small. Do not despise the day of small beginnings. We were a small little band of people. We were trusting on the word of the Lord. And we went into a conference room and we began to pray. We began to seek his face and worship. And one of the foundational scriptures that the Lord gave me was this scripture. He said this would be a foundational scripture for this house of prayer, for this body of believers. And I believe it's not only for us, but it's for all, okay? But I, I, there are some words that could be very personal, and, and we're stewarding what God has given us a, as a body. Back in 2000, um, I used to listen to a CD called Extreme Disciples. I don't know if any of you know of it. How many of you do? Wow. Wow, wow, wow. That is almost 23 years ago. You could look it up. But there was a song called Show Me Your Glory. And Lou Engle would be praying a prayer, and there would be this music behind it. And I would walk on the beaches of um, Breezy Point, and I would look out to the ocean, and I would listen with my Walkman and my CD at the time, no iPhones back then, and I would play this song on repeat, and I would cry out to God, God, I want to see your glory, as Lou was crying out. I just want to see, show me your glory, God. I want to see it. I want to see it on the earth like the waters covers the seas. I want to see the glory of God. How many of you want to see the glory of God? Isn't it beautiful this morning that in the midst of worship, glory was happening? You know, when Jesus was on the earth, his word became manifest. John 1.14 says, I'm reading from the uh, message transla uh, translation. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Don't you like that? We saw the glory with our own eyes. The one-of-a-kind glory. Like father, like son. Generous inside and out. True from start to finish. I love that. Like father, like son. We are his sons and daughters. And when Jesus walked the earth, he modeled fellowship with the Father. And he invited everyone who wanted to see God to come into this fellowship that he had with his Father.
That's what he did. So when we read the scriptures, we have to see it as an invitation of him beckoning you to come closer, to let him see your heart, to let him heal you, to let him renew your mind with truth. Before we became believers in Christ Jesus, we had an old nature. Is everyone here saved? Maybe some of you may not be yet. So this message you're going to maybe understand. It's going to provoke you to want to have a deeper relationship with the living God. But when you became a new creation, when I became a new creation in 1990, my old nature was put to death. That's what the scripture says. When we get baptized, we get reborn into the nature of Christ. Now we need our minds to be renewed. We need our bodies to be transformed into his image and likeness. And so when we meditate on his word, that's what begins to happen. The lies begin to get pushed aside. The unbelief, the doubting, God, where are you? All of it, it starts to fade because the power of the living God through the Holy Spirit comes inside of you. It's supernatural. You can't ration it with your mind. It's offensive to the mind to be born again. But the Lord is saying at this time, I want you to come up to the hill of the Lord. And in the way you do that is with clean hands and a pure heart. The scriptures say in Matthew 8, 5, 8, blessed, you're blessed. You're anticipating God's presence. You're becoming spiritually mature. They are the pure in heart, those with integrity, with moral courage and godly character, for they will see God. You don't have to wait to heaven to see God. You can see God here on earth. You can see God when your life is being transformed into his image and likeness. That's what happens. How do we purify our hearts? We dwell on the word of God. You let it take root in you. Don't rush it. Let it take root. Sometimes for each one of us, our journeys are different. You might have to meditate on one scripture for the whole entire year until it goes from here to here. God is patient. His word is alive. His word is alive. It's good. It will not return back void. 
Spend quiet time with God. I said quiet time. Sometimes we're too busy talking. It's nice when we're quiet with God. And let our ears begin to hear him. You know, when we were going through COVID, I'm going off my, this can be a different message than this morning, but when we were going through COVID, we were on um, an intercessory prayer call in the morning. And there would be times that the birds would be chirping in the background. Actually, Lady was in Atlanta at the time, and so she was praying outside, and the birds were chirping. And I said, isn't that beautiful right now? We were on the prayer call in the morning, and I'm like, I'm hearing these birds chirping. And, what, you know, everyone is in a fury about COVID and the worry, the fear, the anxiety that's, you know, all over the earth. But I'm hearing the birds chirping. And I could hear God speaking to me. He says, do not be anxious about tomorrow. But with prayer and thanksgiving, cast your burdens unto the Lord with thanksgiving in your heart, and he will take care of you. And it was just hearing birds. I have this personal obsession with birds. Now I live in the suburbs and I hear lots of birds. I hear more birds than I hear horns, so I'm grateful for that. <laughs> um, so I, I just want to encourage you that how even birds, you can hear God's voice through that. In order to keep our hearts pure before the Lord, we need to watch our words and how we speak. We need to monitor our thoughts. We need to consider what's influencing our heart throughout the day. There's a lot of influences out there. I hope they're good ones. I hope they're provoking you unto holiness and righteousness. Don't waste your time on things that are not fruitful. Time is of the essence. And we need to be a mature bride without spot and without blemish. We need to be repentant. Repentance is good. Don't be afraid of repentance. Don't be afraid of confessing your sins one unto another. Praise God for life groups. I said, the glory of God is moving into the neighborhoods. <laughs> this year, we're having life groups. Well, what happens in life groups? Fellowship begins to happen. Trust begins to be formed. Learning starts to happen, and we can begin to confess our sins one unto another in a healthy environment, okay? To believe for the word of God to be made manifest in us. Jesus himself did that. He came on the earth, and he fellowshiped with the body of Christ. He, he discipled them. We have to be willing to be disciplined by the Lord. Discipline is good. Can we say that? Discipline is good. And so the Lord loves to discipline those he loves. He does it out of love, guys. Ladies, brothers, sisters. He does it out of love. He's not there to shame you in your sin. He's there to deliver you from sin. You don't have to be ensnared in it over and over. There's a promise for you to walk in his righteousness, the price that he paid in full. 
What are the benefits of clean hands and a pure heart? It's to receive blessings from the Lord. When we're mindful every day, God, I want to have clean hands. I want to have a pure heart. When we had COVID raging on the earth, everyone was purifying their hands. They were Purell and Clorox. I never saw so much cleaning going on, right? You were afraid of a germ. You were. You may still be afraid of germs, okay? But I want you to know God himself loves to purify us. He doesn't want the germs on you. He doesn't want the old nature a part of your life. He wants to remind you that you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old has passed away and all things are becoming new. When we enter into this courts with praise and thanksgiving as we did this morning, there is something that's happening in the invisible realm. I hold my granddaughter. She's two months. See, I'm really going off tangent, but I have to, you know, it's Holy Spirit now. He gives me popcorn. It just goes pop, and he says release. So I'm going to go pop and release, okay? So I'm holding my daughter. She's newborn, and I'm just looking at her. And I just said, God, I cannot believe what Mary must have been going through when she was holding baby Jesus in her arms, knowing that this child of God was supernaturally incarnated in her. It wasn't Joseph. It was Holy Spirit himself. That had to be a head trip. I don't know. I, I, I mean... <laughs> I know how my daughter, my granddaughter was conceived, but can you imagine what she must have been feeling, gazing into this supernatural wonder of God? Can you just imagine? Sometimes we, again, we need to hang out with God like that. And you need to ask him, God, what was that like for Mary? You never know what journey he might take you on, revealing what she might have been experiencing. Because he loves those who search out a matter. He loves it. It's a treasure to him to reveal his love. See, God is love. He was made manifest in the arms of Mary as she held her child. He was made manifest as he walked the earth. He was made manifest when he was crucified on the cross and when he rose from the dead. His glory was revealed. And there's nothing that he's gone through that, that you haven't gone through. He bared all the sin on him. Every broken place, he took your pain. And all we do, all we need to do in faith, as Pastor Bill said, we need to believe what he did for us on the cross. We need to receive this supernatural impartation of resurrection life. He's coming back. The king of glory is coming in. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof in all who dwell 
in it. He's in control. James 4, 8 in the Amplified says, come close to God with a contrite heart and he will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your unfaithful hearts, you double-minded people. That's his word. No double-mindedness. God, give us the grace today. As we all gathered at the altar today, we believed, right? We were believing. Now, tomorrow, we don't know. But don't be surprised if your faith will be tested tomorrow. It just happens that way. Because the enemy wants to insult what God can do. But I say God is on the throne of your life. And he sits at the right hand of the Father and he makes intercession and intervention on your behalf. Yesterday, I don't know if any of you watched the U.S. Open, but I did. And I did a lot of screaming in my house. And my husband's like, if you're going to continue to scream, I might leave the house. But I couldn't help it. I was very excited for this match. And I, I, I was getting revelation because I had this word pondering in my heart. And I was watching the coaches. And I was seeing as they were standing there. Have any, did any of you watch the US Open yesterday? Or am I? Wow. None of you? One person. Two, three. Oh my goodness. Oh, well, I was there. And I was watching it. And I was watching coaches. And I just want to say this to you. You know, a lot of people look for life coaches. You know, that's a, a new phenomenon to me. There's life coaches. Well, Jesus is your greatest life coach, okay? I just want to say that. Jesus is your greatest life coach. So I'm watching these coaches, and they got this intensity about them because they know the player that's on the field that's being trained by them. But most of all, they know their potential. They also know their weaknesses. And I'm watching them and I'm thinking about the Lord sitting at the right hand of the Father. Jesus intervening and interceding on our behalf because he knows what we're up against. He knows the battle. He sees it. He sees your opponent, but he's believing because he knows that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And he's intervening and interceding before the right hand of the Father, hoping that you will believe it too. That's all it comes down to. Do you believe who he is and who you are in Christ Jesus? Whoa. I'm going to say it again. The old has passed away and all things are becoming new. 
He's coming back for a bride without spot, without blemish, radiant. Say, I am radiant. Because the glory of God dwells in me. Isn't that good news? Woo. It's beautiful. Again, Selah. Like the scripture says, Selah. Don't rush it. It's a process. Rejoice in the little steps. Rejoice in the trials, in the persecution. Because in that, the refiner's fire is happening in your life. The purification of gold and silver, precious stones, you are that. You're be being made and formed and fashioned like he is. Those trials are going to test your faith. Those trials are going to test the strength. And those trials are going to reveal his glory in you when you overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of his testimony. Oh, that's what you, kind, you saw today. Sal revealing his testimony of healing. Bill standing there, healthy, vibrant, even though he felt the physical attack as he shared months ago. Each one of you have a story. And as your books are being read before all men, know that he's being revealed. Live your life that way. Be intentional. Be disciplined, just like those players are out there on the field. They discipline their bodies. I was in awe yesterday. I just started playing pickleball. I'm not an athletic person, <laughs> never really was, but I started a year ago. So I could somewhat relate, just a tad, like a, like a, like a little, like a mustard seed, let me say, <laughs> a mustard seed, okay? I was watching them moving across that court and I was like, yes, yes, because I know what's involved. Holy Spirit, Jesus, and the Father are believing for you to cross that finish line, just like those champions. He's our champion. And you have every access to be a champion here on earth. This is all good news. This is such good news. So we need to drown ourselves with the good news. Because when we drown ourselves with the good news, the potential starts to come forth. It's like it's a seed and then it gets impregnated. It's, it's in us and it grows and it grows and it grows. But what are you putting in? We have to cast those things off that are lies, that are hindrances. When Sal was diagnosed three years ago, and it's crazy, you know, the, I, I just want to say, like, the timing of God, the fact that I would be sharing this word 
three years later. You know, for me, three reminds me of resurrection, the third day, on the third day, okay? So uh, I'm prophetic that way. We're a prophetic company. That's how I think. So here I am three years later, and I'm, I'm, I'm sharing this word about the king of glory coming in. And I'm remembering how on this day we're at the hospital, and I'm receiving this horrific news, and thank God for Rosemary and Jeff Monaco that are in this house that were by my side as I was listening to the doctor give me the full report of my husband's obstructions in his body that he was unaware of. And I thought my whole world was bottoming out. But thank God for the saints of God that may come around us in our hour of greatest need. Isn't that good? It may not be a lot. It may be one. It may be two. It may be ten. I don't know. But I'm just telling you, God is going to put people around you when you're going through a hardship. Make sure you plug into the life groups. Find one. It's, it's in order by the Lord. Okay? Because it's time to mature. You know, Paul spoke that way to the disciples. He says, no longer spiritual milk here. It's time to give you some meat. So, so when Sal was going through this situation, I was being tested. And Dr. J came and he said, well, God willing, tomorrow on 9-11, I find that crazy too. That was like my 9-11 personally, as well as, you know, remembering what 9-11 was like. I'm hoping to do the surgery. Well, we waited all day and the surgery didn't happen. And that was on a Friday. And he says, not working tomorrow. And I'm too tired right now. So we're going to wait till Sunday. Now, it's COVID time, and I'm in the hospital by myself. I'm, I really don't have any visitors coming. Few people came, but it was limited. It started like things were acting up. I was like, God, I can't believe you're making me wait. I got to wait. I have to wait for this. And it was a real testing time for me. And I was like, God, I don't know what's going to be. I feel like I'm looking at my husband with all this going on. His mom didn't even know the severity of it and trying to keep that from her. And it was, it was intense. My children, it was, it was a real hard, hard time in my life and my husband's. But he was peaceful. He was like, everything's going to be fine. I'm like, you must be in denial. You are in complete denial of what is going on right now. Did you hear this doctor's report? But he didn't. See, he didn't know what was going on. I said, I guess, praise God, is right. But I knew what was going on. However, Dr. J seemed rather peaceful to say, I'm going to wait. And I'm like, oh, isn't, wouldn't that be like Jesus, Dr. J? I'm just going to wait. He did. He waited. So on the night before Sal's surgery, it was a Saturday night. Thank you, Jesus. A believing nurse was part of our floor. Wow. And she was responsible to wash Sal 
down and prepare him for this very important surgery, you have to be have no germs whatsoever. He had to get shaved, everything. It was intense. Sal never shaved his chest before, but too much. <laughs> but I'm just saying, open heart surgery. I'm sorry, Sal. I'm sorry. But I, I <laughs> we gotta laugh. We have to laugh. But but that's what happened, you know. Some things happen, they're embarrassing. Okay, I'm moving, all right, all right, I have to move, it's 118. I told you, it's okay. But anyway, so here I am with this nurse, and, and she is washing my husband from head to toe, very strategically. I, I, I mean it, like, we had scrubs on the whole thing, and she says, Julianne, I want you to be a part of this. Like, I, I really, but we're gonna pray over Sal from head to toe. She was a believer. We sang songs over him. We prayed scriptures over him. And he was being washed with the word of God from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. And all the germs were being like as best to, you know, taken away from him so that the surgery could be done without any type of infection. The next morning, Sal went in. And I want you to know, the person who put him into the room said, Sal, is there any music you want to listen to before you go into surgery? And, and, and he says, yes, I have one song. And it was communion. And the guy looked it up. He goes, communion, okay. And, and our Dr. J was Jewish. So we didn't know if he would allow worship music on in, in, the, in the operating room. But he says, don't worry, I'll, I'll play. I'll, I'll put it in my pocket and I'll wheel you into the room. And, and Sal said he never saw so much steel in his life. But he knew God was in the room. Sometimes we might feel like that with our circumstances. You might feel like a prisoner. You might feel like, oh my God, I, I can't get through this. But I'm letting you know, Dr. J is in the room. He wants to do heart surgery on you. He wants to deliver you. He wants to take away any obstructions in your life that are preventing his redemptive flow of his blood to work through you and in you. So... Here we ought to testify, Sal is alive and well and playing pickleball. His doctor says that's his stress test every time. Thank you, Jesus. And, and he's, made whole, he's made well again. And so I want to encourage you that in this atmosphere that we were in today, God is doing heart surgery. Allow him to go into those deep crevices of your heart. Confess your sins one and to another. Don't, don't live the, the life or don't meditate. It says um, in Ephesians 4, 25 through 32, but I'm, I'm going to skip down. Um, I'm not going to read the whole scripture. It says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, but seek to please him. That's what we do every day. We need to seek to please the Holy Spirit. Not please man, please the Holy Spirit. 
by whom you were sealed and marked, branded as God's own for the day of redemption, the final deliverance from the consequences of sin. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with every kind of malice. Be kind and helpful to one another, tender-hearted, compassionate, understanding, forgiving one another readily and freely just as Christ has forgiven you. So we're going to close in prayer. Can everyone stand? We hope you enjoyed the message. You can also follow us on Instagram at LifeCenterNYC or YouTube at LifeCenterChurchNYC.